When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with a war of words. Micah gives bulletin board buildup to the birds. But is he telling the truth? Meanwhile, Dak, he's been middle of the pack. But amid the smack and the flack, can he take a crack at a new tack that could put the boys at the top of the stack? And then, speaking of quarterback questions, Tua shuffling off to Buffalo. Can he better the Bills and the Blizzard and make Miami look legit? one more time. We've got the answers to those and other questions as we get up with you. Starting right now, we are back intact. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Kmart is healthy. Greeny is healthy. Neek is ready. Canty is ready. We got a lot to do. And we'll dive into all of this football after we show you the game of the night. One of the games of the year in the NBA to this point. The historical rivals. We got the Celtics. We got the Lakers. We got LeBron. We got Jason Tatum. And we had ourselves a thriller. Celtics led by as many as 20. But hold everything. Fourth quarter. Lakers coming back. LeBron gets them to within four. Ageless LeBron James looking there. Doing it inside. Doing it outside. He was 14 of 25 from the floor. Knocks down the three. And it's a four-point Lakers lead. And then, how about this? Lakers by six, seven minutes to go. LeBron going to throw it up, and Anthony Davis throws it down. AD patrolling inside. He owns the paint. He had 37 last night. Lakers by eight just over a minute later. Looking to extend the lead. Oh, LeBron! We got liftoff. Flashback! He's got 33 last <laughs> night. Lakers by 10. But wait, Jason Tatum not giving up. Grew up wanting to be a Laker. He may be the best player in the league right now. Five of ten from three for him. Lakers are what by five. Now, Lakers a two-point lead, 30 seconds to go. Anthony Davis missed to the first, and now he misses the second. So the opportunity is there. Jason Tatum, watch the moves. Don't let him get to his spot. He might spin the block and hit the shot, Jim. That one's tied up. Here we go. Clock counting down. LeBron for the win. No good. We're going to overtime. And the OT would belong to Boston. Two minutes left in the overtime. Take a look at the spinorama, Jason. Again, back to his spot. That's Deuce's daddy. 44 for Tatum. Celtics lead by five. Less than a minute left. Haven't seen Jalen Brown. Let's fix that. He knocks down the three. He had 25. The lead is eight. 12 seconds left. Lakers desperation time down by four. Not sure this is the look we want. Austin Reeves. Not even close. Celtics hang on in overtime in a thriller. LeBron, your thoughts. How do these almosts, like the almost in Philadelphia, the almost tonight, what does that say big picture about this team? Does it say that you guys are moving Nothing. in the right direction? That we lost. I'm, you're talking to the wrong guy, talking about an almost win. Does it change your no, long-term lost. view of this team? No. We lost. Almost win. I love it when he says talking to the wrong guy. Anytime we start a sentence with you're talking to the wrong guy, I'm listening to the rest. Lakers had a 99% chance to win with four minutes left in the fourth quarter last night. They've now lost four out of five, giving up 123 points a game on that stretch. We will get the thoughts of Big Perk and Stephen A. and more as the morning continues here. In the meantime, to the NFL and Jalen Hurts is next up. Flat out having an MVP caliber campaign, accounting for 32 total touchdowns. That's tied for second 
in the NFL. He's completing 74% of his passes from inside the pocket. That's best in the NFL. But that doesn't mean that the Cowboys' Micah Parsons is impressed. Listen to this. Is it Hurts or the team? I think it's a little bit of both, man. I think it's, a, it's, I think it's, a little, it's, it's system and team. I think it's a little bit of both, man. I'm not, I'm not trying to make no enemies. I, I just like, I just love the game so much, and I understand it so much that like, I can't. I, I like, I like when things are off. I, I just can't like hold it in. Like I almost gotta say something. May I just say, God bless Micah Parsons. <laughs> He's not only See, the most. This is how you know, Micah, this is how you know you messed up, brother. Because when a TV host is like, thank goodness for you. <laughs> you know you're just giving everybody material to talk about. That's how you messed up. Well, so, so, I mean, it is a fascinating question. That's Micah Parsons saying, look, I just love the game so much. I can't let all of you talk about how good Jalen Hurts is because it's obviously Why? just the system. Why? Is that what he's saying? Why? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a good pass rusher, so I don't try to rush the passer. He should not make hot takes. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not right. I'm, I'm also watching football, and I'm not going to argue that I know the game better than Michael Parsons, but I do understand that when we come into a season and say, this team is a quarterback away, and then that quarterback shows up to be one of the best running quarterbacks in the league, and also one of the best passing quarterbacks yes. in the league, he does it from the pocket, he does it rolling out, he does it deep, he does it short, and they only lose one game, and the game they lost, he balled in that one too. It's hard for me to say that he's not an MVP type of player or say it's the team and not him. Right. Yes, when you win the MVP trophy, yes, the team is going to be good also. I haven't seen it happen any other time where there's been a bad team <laughs> with a, a guy who won MVP. <laughs> saying that he's not the, right. the straw in this situation to mm-hmm. me feels unfair. No one's saying he isn't having a very good season. I don't think that Micah Parsons is right. saying that. What he might be saying is that team is so loaded and so well coached offensively that you could put an above average quarterback into that spot at the wins above replacement, whatever that statistic is, and that quarterback is going to look really good. I feel like that. I'm not suggesting it's right. I'm suggesting I think that's what he's saying. Is it right? No, it's not right. It's shade. And I don't understand why Michael Parsons is doing it because all it will provide is bulletin board yep. material for their game on Christmas Eve. Now, him doing this is either really, really smart or really, really dumb because he could be trying to establish a mentality for his defense so his unit plays a little bit better than they did when they matched up earlier in the season in Philly. You know, the game where the Philadelphia Eagles ran the ball 39 times and held the ball for over 34 minutes. I understand what Micah might be trying to do in terms of making sure that his guys don't put Jalen Hurts and the Eagles on a pedestal, but, gee, you know how this is going to get spun if they lose that game. Yeah, no. And I respect, you know him. I respect him for putting his neck out there like that. And maybe this is a strategy. It may be a good strategy. Everyone's been being nice to Jalen Hurts all season, <laughs> and he's been balling. So maybe if you throw some shade at him, he'll, he'll press and stink I it don't up. understand it. I don't understand it. And you know what? I'm going to just say this now. I'm sick of the Jalen Hurts slander. I am sick of <laughs> it. Because here's the thing. When, jo- when you look at Josh Allen's numbers before Stephon Diggs, they were not as good as they are now. But does Josh Allen not deserve all the flowers and all the credit that he's getting? Of course he does. You are still the quarterback. I've watched very good teams. Like, again, I spent a lot of time in Cleveland. Like, I've seen teams that are loaded on defense. They have weapons. And you, have a, and you think, okay, well, the quarterback just has to just be marginal. And it still doesn't work. Jalen Hurts is the one out here. And for him to be a guy 
who we had questions about whether he could just be the starting quarterback in Philly. Not only has he proven that to be the case, he's proven like, guess what? I'm pretty damn good. Guess what? Oh, I'm actually an MVP candidate. Oh, guess what? Our team is actually good enough to be the su- in the Super Bowl. Like, all those questions, he has answered everything and answered every critic. And yet for Micah Parsons to be out here, there's no need for the bulletin board material because especially if Jalen Hurts isn't that good, like, y'all lost to them. Like, that's the reality. Like, he mm-hmm. can set all that in the locker room. Yeah. He didn't have to go on a podcast knowing that the Eagles are going to yeah, hear did. this. What? Yeah, he did. Don't yeah, discourage, did. Don't discourage yeah, my man from talking. Yeah, you know what, Mike? I got to be honest. I think Michael Parsons is wrong, but I love when they I talk that it. talk. I love talk it. that okay. talk if you okay. want to, Mike. Okay. That's the other thing. Like, I mean, I've been covering the sport a really long time. I've yet to find a defensive player who is afraid to say anything, right? Like, that's true. Well, that's what true. afraid that's of? True. Like, what's going to happen? I mean, if it gets spun bad, it gets spun bad. I don't believe in bulletin board material. Like, the Eagles aren't going to try harder now because Michael Parsons said no, that. No, come on, dog. You're not keeping it in the bus, though, man. We all, listen, every player wants to win, and most players that are good are motivated by internal motivation more than external motivation, but make no mistake about it. Every player in the NFL wants their respect. Yeah. And what Michael Parsons should do is go back and take a look at that Giants film from Sunday in MetLife. Fourth and seven. Yeah. In the first half of that game, seven-point seven lead by the Eagles, they decide to go for it on a plus 31, 41. And, gee, it wasn't like they were throwing sticks, routes, or a hitch. Right. They threw a doggone go ball mm-hmm. into double coverage. Mm-hmm. That just shows you the level that this team is executing at, but more so the confidence that the Eagles have. I understand that. And no one is trying to downplay, well, maybe we are, a little <laughs> bit what the Eagles have accomplished this year. Sure. But the only thing I'll say is, as I look over the schedule they've played so far this season, my general feeling is it looks a lot like Michigan's preseason schedule wow, before gee. Michigan went in the conference. Wow. They haven't played, and I, that's not their fault. That's they not, don't schedule they, they the teams play the, they play. What I'm saying is when they go to Dallas a week from Saturday night, it'll be the most interesting game of the NFL season to this point. And what if Micah Parsons, like last time they played each other, Cooper Cup was the quarterback, and I meant that on purpose. It wasn't even Cooper Rush anymore. That was, Cooper Rush had his moment, and then he became Cooper Cup, and that's when Dak had the come. What if they are ready for this thing when the Cowboys come, and they go to Dallas on a week from Saturday? What will we be saying then if Dallas wins that game? Well, if Dallas wins that game, yeah. we're having the conversation that Dallas is the best team in the national that's football. That's correct. And that's I think that's what Micah Parsons is thinking, and I don't. I think if I were him, I'd be thinking the same thing. I, when those two teams play on the field that night, who's the best player on the field? Mike Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons. <laughs> and I think that's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. Well, we're going to play each other that. in two weeks. I'm the best player. No, I, at a certain point in the season when Cooper Rush was playing quarterback, I was arguing Micah Parsons for MVP. But Micah Parsons has not had the impact that uh, Jalen Hurts has had through the course Hello. of the season. Yeah. Jalen Hurts has run for 59 first downs. <laughs> 59 first downs running and also has one of the best QBRs and one of the best passer ratings from the pocket of any quarterback in this league. So no, he's the doing best. it. The best. The, Excuse the best. The best. I, the I best. messed up. I forgot my man. My man numbers was over here. He was gonna get the best. Look, he, he's running it right now like like a step below Lamar Jackson. He's throwing it a step below Drew Brees, as Dan was saying the other day. Yeah. No one is debating that Jalen Hurts is the MVP of the league right now. But it is going uh, to uh, the Congress. No, no, I think. Michael Parsons is <laughs> literally disputing that yes, because that's he exactly is what's saying happening. that Jalen Hurts is not the reason. It is a collective effort. It's a system. Eagles, yeah. Right. If he's saying he's basically a system guy, like obviously throw anybody, throw Cooper Rush in there. Like they be balling too. I get it. Then he's saying he's not an MVP caliber player, which is not true. But I'm just checking the list right now. He doesn't have a vote. So he doesn't. I just <laughs> I checked the voting list and he's not on the list of voters. I yes. like it. Micah, don't stop, don't stop talking. Don't stop. As we continue, Tua Tungavailoa is our next stop. He is He's not been a great cold-weather quarterback. He's going to Buffalo Saturday night in December. It's going to be cold. 
How much trouble is the Dolphins quarterback going to be in? We will dive deeply into that and we'll bring a coach. Plus, Dak has a pick problem right now. How much of that is his fault? Can he fix it fast? We're answering all your questions as we get up with you on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Get Up is brought to you by the Santa Clauses. Stream all episodes now only on Disney+. Plus. I get back to the football in a moment, but how about history made last night in super style? Alex Ovechkin of the Capitals visiting the Blackhawks. Ovi, three goals away from 800 in his career. Only Gretzky and Gordy Howe had ever been there before. Keep a close eye on him. Parking himself. The wrister, and it's good. That's number 798. Just 30 seconds into the game last night is 18th on the season. one nothing Washington. We're still in the first. Capitals on a power play. Puck deflected. Ovechkin, right place, right time, right result. That's 7.99 as the Cavs take a 2-0 lead. Third period. Steve Levy, take it away. For Jack Mantha, centers in front. Kuznetsov had the shot. And there it is. 800. Alexander Ovechkin has done it. And here come the hats and the team. (laughs) You have just witnessed the 800th goal. For Alex Ovechkin. Listen to the crowd, the fans in Chicago giving him his just due. 7-3 the final last night, but the number that matters is 800 for the great Alex Ovechkin. The Caps have won five straight. Ovechkin has scored seven goals. He will have a chance to pass Gordie Howe for second all-time in front of the home crowd 
as the Caps will play their next three games in Washington, D.C. So history made on the ice last night. Meanwhile, back to the NFL. Time to play a game of in or out when it comes to the fringe playoff teams. Chris Canty, the Giants, will they be in or out of the playoffs? As much as it pains me to say this, G, they're going to be out of the playoffs. They are 1-4-1 and in their last six games, and Saquon Barkley's production is trending in the wrong direction over the last four games. He's averaging 38 rushing yards per game, G. They've got three of their four on the road to finish out the season. And those three teams, guess what? They all have winning records. Neat. Lions in or out of the playoffs? I want them to be in, but I think uh, the numbers point to them being out. They've been playing much better on defense. The offense has been strong all year, but at some point it's going to come down to Jared Goff, who's been good, has been great in this stretch, but I don't think that he's been a difference maker, and I don't think he will be in the moments that they need him. They've got the Jets this week in a big game. A Kmart, how about Brady's Bucks? Will Tampa be in or out of the playoffs? Oh, Greeny. <laughs> Who the hell knows? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say they're in, but really the only reason I can give you is that division. I don't trust the Panthers. I don't trust the Saints. I I don't trust any of the teams in that division. So I'm going to say Brady because this season can't fizzle out like this. It just can't, right? Well, it it certainly has so far. (laughs) They've become the least watchable team in the entire sport. In the meantime, our next stop is Miami, which is another fringe playoff team. The Dolphins need a win in the worst way, and they're going to have to go to the worst place to try and get it, and that is Western New York on Saturday night. It's going to be snowy. It's going to be cold. 27 degrees in Orchard Park, and there may be snow. That's not great news for the Dolphins quarterback. Let me show you some numbers that really matter. Tua, in his career, 0-3, when the kickoff temperature is below 50 degrees. He's never played in a game with freezing conditions. In fact, the three worst games of his career by QBR are the three games he has played with temperatures below 50. I will remind everyone that not only did he play his college football in the SEC, but he's from Hawaii. And if there's one thing people in Hawaii are not accustomed to, it's freezing cold and snow. No one knows it better than you do, though, Kmart. You've basically set up shop in Buffalo so much of the season. Is this going to be the downfall? It's been a magic carpet ride for so much of this year for Tua and the Dolphins, but does it come crashing to a stop Saturday night in the snow? I won't go so far as saying it will come crashing down. Um, but if you look at the last two weeks, they've been concerning for the – fix your face, Chris. Nancy. I'm listening. You're going to get I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm just listening. I, just because I, this is a pivotal game for Tua because, as we just saw on the screen, his numbers are not good in cold weather. And here's the thing. I was just in Buffalo. I was dealing in the elements, and I hate them. And I'm just doing television. I'm not playing football. But you've got a, a Dolphins offense that is not uh, – that has struggled the last two weeks. Tyreek Hill has an injury. He's got an ankle injury. And the Bills understand, like, they're building a new stadium without a roof. Why? Because for games like this, they want teams from the outside, especially South Florida, other teams from the South, to come into our place. And this is something we have talked about all season. Can a team as good as the Dolphins, or at least we think the Dolphins are, Chris Mm -hmm. does not, but can they come to Orchard Park and beat the Bills, not just beat the Bills, beat the elements and the Bills at their own game, and the Bills do not think so. They love that they have that advantage. And, and, you know, you made a good point this morning that I think that that all the fans should hear, which is that a lot of us will think, okay, well, he can't throw the deep ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell in these 
conditions, yeah. but it's not really that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think arm strength is a problem when it comes to the deep ball. Arm strength becomes a problem when you have to deal with the conditions and when you are trying to fit the ball into small windows. I think that's when it matters to be able to strong arm, and that's what Tua has been able to work around is he's so good and precise with his timing because he doesn't have the arm strength to ever be late. And so it's going to be hard for him because the last couple of weeks, the Chargers specifically have shown that if you press those receivers, that'll throw the timing off just enough that Tua has to stand in the pocket, mm -hmm. and then you're asking him to improvise, which is not something that he's done well since he's been in the NFL. And then making it much worse, Meg, I hate to even do this as a fan of the Jets, but Chris Canty, I, I just, Tua needs to know what he's up against. Can we show everyone what Buffalo did to the last quarterback who went in there oh, last oh, week? Man. Mike White is still folded in half as a consequence <laughs> of that game. So, I mean, this this is another factor here, Chris Canty, right? Is that Buffalo pass here rush? Is. This is oh, that, oh, oh it my is goodness. brutal watching it from the press box. Too. I mean, he, he, he's, he's, oh. At one point, he is literally just folded in half. Yeah. Like a lawn chair, yes. And, that, and that's the second time that Mike White got knocked out of that game. A.J. Epinesa got him earlier with the ankle. So he this had to is go another back thing Tua is looking at this weekend, right? I yeah. mean, it's, it's a lot lined up against the Dolphins, it feels like, Saturday night. Yeah, that Bills defense is playing with a level of physicality that we hadn't seen in the first couple of months of this season. So they're going to have to contend with that. But they're also going to have to make some adjustments to how defenses are trying to match up against that Dolphins offense. Because what have we seen? seen the last couple of weeks. Defenses majoring in zone coverages, those second and third level defenders keeping inside leverage and forcing Tua to throw the ball outside of the numbers and down the field. When Tua is in the pocket and he's throwing in the middle of the field between the numbers, he's got the number one QBR in football. Outside of the numbers, he's got the 17th ranked QBR in football. So that is a huge difference in terms of his level of production and his level of efficiency. And that is the thing that we're going to have to watch for. He struggled against it the last two weeks, G. There's no doubt in my mind that he's going to see more of it when he goes into Orchard Park on Saturday night. Let me go back to the schedule here, too. And, and I mean, I'm not suggesting the teams make their own schedules. But when we were talking about Oh, Tua, they haven't lost a game that he started, and he went on that winning streak when he came back. They beat the Steelers, the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, and the Texans. It's not exactly the 27 Yankees yeah. that they're going up against there. Has this been a little bit of a mirage in Miami? I mean, if you were thinking that they were the – tip top of the AFC, then maybe you would say it was a little bit mirage. But they've done things that I think are replicable. But part of the problem in the last couple weeks is the defensive have, defenses they played against have played better, but Tua also has been antsy mm -hmm. in the pocket. And I think that speaks to him being uh, kind of an operator of a machine. Mm -hmm. And when that machine goes a little yeah. off kilter, yeah. Yeah. then he doesn't exactly know what to do and they can't have success, he which has kind of the, been the issue with them so far. You know what he's going to face? A Bills team that hears all the chatter about whether they are actually good enough to win the Super Bowl. Can this defense be a Super Bowl winning defense without Von Miller? They just crumpled Mike White. They're going to look to do the same against Tua. Quick final word. I will say this. We came into the season thinking that this was going to be a referendum on whether or not Tua can be a franchise guy. If you're a franchise quarterback, you got to be able to win games in the division on the road in December. This is a big test. Can he get it done? It, it's been a problem for Miami for a very long time. They play in one climate, and all the rest of the teams in their division play in another in outdoor stadiums, and they got to find a way to go up there and win. It's going to be a very interesting Saturday night. In the meantime, speaking of interesting, Jerry Jones always uh, has things to say. Now he wants Dak to be aggressive and careful at the same time. <laughs> I'd love to be a billionaire. <laughs> we will we'll get to the bottom of whether or not he can do what he's being asked to do. But first, we got sneaky hembo for you, Nick. Here we go. Who is the last Eagles quarterback <laughs> to beat the Cowboys twice in a season? That's the question. The answer is next. This is Get Up on ESPN. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Here we go. The consensus of the room, and by that I mean me, thinks you got a good shot at this one. Okay. The Eagles are going to try and beat the Cowboys again, which would mean Jalen Hurts beats them twice in a season. Who's the last Eagles quarterback to beat Dallas twice? It's not going to be an obvious person because I know Hembo, so I'm going to go, and it's definitely a guess because I don't remember every season series for the last however many years. I'm going to go Michael Vick. That's right. Oh, that is correct. Oh, can I get a piece of paper? It is Michael Vick. I, there you go. Pardon me, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> it was Michael Vick in 2011 was the last Eagles quarterback to sweep the season series against the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about the Cowboys now. Again, those teams will play each other a week from Saturday. The Cowboys have won six out of seven since Dak Prescott has returned. They've scored a ton of points, but he's also thrown eight interceptions during that time, tied for the most in the league. Yesterday, Jerry Jones was, uh, Jerry Jones was asked about Dak's carelessness with the football. Listen to what he said. Are you concerned with the amount of interceptions he's thrown lately, or or do you like the aggressiveness? Well, what if I said yes? Okay, period, to your question. And I'm not criticizing your question, but certainly those concerns, those interceptions can neutralize great uh, execution and effort in other parts of the game. But I will tell you now, the definition of aggressiveness doesn't have to include turnovers. And uh, I do like aggressiveness without the turnovers. <laughs> See, yeah, and we, we heard that right at the end of yesterday's show. And my only reaction was, I would love to be a billionaire yeah. because I like the aggressiveness and I don't like the turnovers. Right. So I just want exactly what, what I, I want. want. Yeah, and when plus, you're a billionaire, which is literally the three. life of a billionaire. That's exactly yep. right. Yeah. I, but, but I guess what I'm asking is, do those things have to go together? Right now, Dak is throwing a lot of interceptions. That's not, that's not like him. 
uh, generally speaking. The Cowboys are a team that many people have sat up here and told me should be built around their running game anyway, and they shouldn't be taking those kinds of risks offensively. So what are we seeing from the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys right now, Chris Canty? We're seeing a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys make mistakes at inopportune times, but they just so happen to be good enough to overcome them against the Houston Texans and against teams like the Indianapolis Colts. But those are things that have to get cleaned up before you're playing against better competition. But, gee, in the bigger picture with the Dallas Cowboys, I think Kellen Moore needs to change how he's calling the games. We operate in this world where we think more, good, more is better, and that's not necessarily the case when it comes to Dak Prescott throwing the football. And over the last four years, when the Cowboys have 40 or less dropbacks, the team is 20-3, and three, and Dak Prescott has a 75 QBR, 71% completion percentage, 47 touchdowns to 14 picks. In the games where they throw it more or drop back more than 40 times, Dak Prescott's QBR drops to 57, his completion percentage is 64, and the team is 7-15. and 15. So I think that they have to scale it back and lean more on the running game, which complements the strength of that offensive line because they're better going forward than they are going backwards. Now, what you need to know is that, of course, we have uh, from the Prescott family group chat over here, uh, we have Dominique has put together, spent the entire day yesterday after Get Up putting together tape that will demonstrate that, in fact, none of this is Dak's fault. I mean, Dak is not playing his best football this year. I'm not going to lie and pretend that he is. But I do think that the interceptions are not a result of aggressiveness. Like, you see these interceptions. This, to me, like, this was a mistake by CeeDee Lamb. Like, the middle field is obviously closed. They rotated to a Tampa 2. You're supposed to break that off. The similar sort of thing happens in this particular play. Again, they're cover three, middle field closed, break that off, and Zach's throwing it to a spot. So, like, yes, Dak Prescott is throwing more interceptions. Last week, the interception was a tip ball, an inaccurate pass, but it's kind of random that ends up in an interception. Another one, hitting the arm, ends up in an interception. So, I'm not going to pretend like he's not struggling to read the field, but arguing that these interceptions are result of his aggressiveness, I think, is is faulty. So here's the question, Kmart. You, yes. you know, you, you, you come in here and we talk and then you go across the hall and you see Vinay and you yell at each other and all yeah. the rest of that. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the question that is being asked by people whose opinions I value is, mm-hmm. is Dak right now the problem in Dallas? Is it possible he is the weak link? Now, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that. I'm his biggest fan. People, <laughs> people are saying. What's the response to that? Uh. You know what? I'm just going to say this now, G. I'm sick of the Dak Prescott slander. <laughs> so. I'm sick of it. A lot of slander, and I'm not here for it. No, when you look at the Cowboys offense, they're averaging like almost 36 points a game. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the thing. If we are going to talk about uh, this team, like Dak doesn't have to do everything. I think he can lean on the run game. He's mm-hmm. got a phenomenal defense. To me, it's almost, it's similar, in this situation is similar to Josh Allen in that Dak just needs to be smarter in certain moments. And Dak actually agrees with me because he said, I have to be smarter. Unlike Josh Allen, though, Dak doesn't have to do everything. He has a full complement of weapons, and he, can, he doesn't have to force things. Eight of his nine interceptions have come in the first half. Like, you don't need to – like, it's not like they're trailing late in games where they're trying to come back. They actually are putting up a lot of points. I feel fine about Dak because history shows me that in his career he has protected the football. I think right now we can cut him some slack. And let me just finish it with this, Chris Canty. For whatever it is that it hasn't gone perfectly, 
Since he's come back, they're 6-1, and one, and they have scored 24, 49, 28, 40, 28, 54, and 27 points in those games. So, clearly, the offense has not fallen off in any meaningful way. Yeah, but when you look at the opponents, you understand, okay, there's a reason why they've been able to overcome those turnovers mm-hmm. is because their talent level is just so much greater than the teams that they're going up against. But that's going to change, G, once yeah. we get later into December and on into January football. The one thing I will say when it comes to this Cowboys offense, their offensive line and pass protection, second worst in the National Football League. Yeah. You don't want to be majoring and dropping back and asking yeah. Dak mm-hmm. to win you football games. Mm-hmm. Lean on the running game. That is your strength. Yeah. Let that complement your defense, which is also the identity of the team. There may not be a more interesting game this entire NFL regular season than the one that's coming up a week from Saturday oh. night. We, we will know so much more about what, what the Cowboys might be after they host the that Eagles on Christmas be Eve. crazy. The, pre- the Prescott family group <laughs> chat. It's Dak, it's Tad, and it's Dominique, and the three of them are having these conversations. We ran the tape. Okay, much more of this as we go. But, oh, we got some special guests ready to go as we take another look at the game of the night last night. We had the Celtics. We had the Lakers. Did you see how this one went? First, the Celtics have a 20-point lead. Then the Lakers come flying all the way back behind LeBron. He would bring them back in the ballgame. He's flying through the lane. He's knocking down threes. Lakers take a four-point lead late in regulation. And here's a critical moment. 30 seconds to go. The Lakers are up by two. Anthony Davis at the free throw line with a chance to put down the hammer. But he misses the first, and here comes the second, and that's no good either. So 20 seconds to go the other way. Jason Tatum just needs a deuce to tie it, and he's got it. 44 for Tatum. This one's all even. Lakers with a chance to win it. LeBron for the win. No good. LeBron 33-9-9, but we're going to overtime, and the OT would belong to Tatum. He had 44 points last night. Two minutes left in the OT. Three-point lead. Look at the spinorama. Celtics up by five. Jalen Brown would score 25 last night, knocking this three down for good measure. And so in a really good game that goes back and forth, and 48 minutes, not enough to settle the issue. It is Boston that emerges with the win on the road in the OT. And take a look who we got here. Big Perk and Zach Lowe have gotten up with us early this morning to break down what was one of the most interesting games of the year. Good morning, fellas. All right, let's start with this. Right now, Kendrick Perkins, are the Boston Celtics the best team in the NBA? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <sighs> yes, Greeny, they are. You know what? And I'm still going to give them a slight edge. Despite their loss to the Warriors, despite their loss to the Clippers, 
they wasn't fully healthy, right? They was missing big Al Horford and big Robert Williams, their anchors in the middle, the guys that anchor that defense that allows them to be the best perimeter defenders in the league. But here's the thing. The Milwaukee Bucks are on their heels like a pair of church socks, and they have to be very, very careful. I mean, this team is dangerous as well, but when it comes down to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they are proven. They are proven. They have shown us that they can get to the finals. They have shown us that they can elevate their game to the next level. The one thing that concerns me about their team, though, is the young coach and Coach Missoula. Uh, he has shown flashes where he can't really, you know, adapt in, in in-game adjustments. But I will say this, though. He has time to develop throughout the rest of the season to get his stuff together. All right, and so then let me come to you on this question, Zach. So we see the Celtics. We understand how good they are. We've seen the Bucks; They were the champions the year before. We see how good they are. Who crashes that party in the Eastern Conference? I'm not going to lead you in the direction I want to go. I just want to see if you go there anyway. Who is the team most likely to crash that party in the East amongst those two? Oh, I have a feeling, Greedy, mm. you want me to say the B word, Brooklyn, and I can't trust that team to stay together for another week or two, let alone four months. Right now, the answer to your question is the basketball gods and the basketball gods only because Milwaukee and Boston are a tier above everybody else. But if I had to pick one team, one team to watch, no, it's not the Nets, and yes, I know about the upside, I know what they have. No, it's not the Cleveland Cavaliers, despite what the numbers say. I just think they're too young and not quite ready on raw talent alone Joel Embiid has reminded the world in the last 10 days yeah we've had an uneven season yeah the chemistry doesn't always seem great on the floor it's kind of your turn my turn but Mm -hmm. I'm Joel freaking Embiid and if you give me James Harden at 85% of what he was in Houston and we run that pick and roll together and we got Tyrese Maxey over there and we got just enough guys don't count us out we're not in the Milwaukee Boston tier we got a lot more to prove than they do but if you're asking me to pick one team that's the team all right fair enough he didn't fall into my trap we will see in the meantime there's another player that everyone in the league should be paying closer attention to maybe than they are and his name is Zion and you take a look because he can do things one of the many things obviously about Zion that we knew when he came to the league always that he can put people on posters like he did here and despite losing to Utah last night the New Orleans Pelicans continue to have the best record in the West and Zion is putting up the kinds of numbers that we've not seen in the NBA literally in decades so I will ask you this question Big Perk right now as we watch him play and we just hope Hope he stays healthy and finishes out a season. Should we be talking about Zion Williamson in the MVP conversation? Yes, Greeny, yes. I mean, if he's not in the MVP conversation, who else is? Look, who else is? Look, when we talk about the MVPs, I know the goalposts we move it so much, but let's just keep it right here. He's impacting winning along with putting up MVP numbers with people being out, especially Brandon Ingram. He has been more than, you know, available. 
He has been more than reliable. He has been everything. And you know what's crazy? He has a chip on his shoulder right now. This team is very dangerous, and this team could possibly come out of the Western Conference because the West is wide open. Don't come give me Golden State and all this. I get it. The defending champions, but they are horrible on the road. This Pelican team led by Zion Williamson have a great shot at representing the Western Conference in the finals this season. Could we actually see that in a conference act that has Kawhi Leonard and Steph Curry and uh, John Morant and some other teams that we perhaps expected more? Could it be Zion who actually is the last one standing? Absolutely. The Pelicans are that good. I I know they lost last night, but they might be the deepest team in the entire NBA. They have a million extra draft picks and good young players to trade if they find a deal that helps them. I don't even know that they have to do that, though, because all those teams you mentioned, yeah, they're, they're more experienced. They have a track record that the Pelicans don't have, but they've been scuffling along as the Pelicans have obliterated the Western Conference, and as Perk said, Zion has been unbelievable, and if you look at what's happened in the last month, he's completely changed the way he's played, and Willie Green has completely changed the way he's using Zion Williamson. A lot of that is injuries and absences to Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum, but they mm-hmm. put the ball in his hands as a point center or a point Zion or whatever he is and it's working and the next test is how much of that do we see when they are at full health is there a, is there a chemistry <laughs> process there but yeah th- this team can make the finals as is all right guys stay close by we'll have much more of this as we continue and Stephen A is going to jump into the conversation as well and we got a good double header coming your way tonight here on ESPN we got Julius Randle and the Knicks Taking on DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls. That's 7.30 Eastern. Then we got the Timberwolves taking on Kawhi and the Clippers. Coverage starts with NBA Countdown at 7 here on ESPN. Coming up, Packers committed to Aaron Rodgers for a few years before the season started. So what does that mean for his presumed replacement? Why other teams should be interested in love? As we roll on, get up on ESPN. That's a clown question, bro. Next. Next. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? What else do you want to know? Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. I'm not going to answer any questions from you. That's my question! The question, jerk! Here we go. The questions are particularly spicy for Mr. Dominique Foxworth today. We have put some time, energy, and effort into these first. Who is going to win more AFC titles from this day forward, Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow? Uh, It's a tough one. I think I'm going to have to go with Patrick Mahomes for the simple fact that we've seen this recreation of the Chiefs post-big contract, post-Tyreek Hill, and we know that he is capable of doing this going forward. I'm not suggesting that Joe Burrow isn't, but we have not seen, like, another iteration of the Bengals behind Joe Burrow going forward. I think it could very well be Joe Burrow, but it's much safer to go with that guy who's doing all amazing things. He is, except that for what I will say is that in this calendar year, Joe Burrow has beaten that guy three times. We'll keep an eye on it. Next question. If you were the general manager of the Miami Dolphins, would you extend your quarterback to a Tunga Vailoa this offseason or would you go year to year? I think it's a harder question than it sounds like, in part because they traded away their first round pick this coming year. They lost their first round pick the next year because of some tampering. And Tua's been a bit up and down, but I still think you go year to year with Tua. And uh, 
I don't think they're ever going to end up moving away from him, but there's no rush to sign him to a long-term contract given his injury history and given some of the challenges that he's faced. Well, let's, the biggest challenge might be coming up Saturday night in Buffalo. This could answer a lot of questions for him if he plays a big game there in the weather conditions. Finally, similar question in Detroit. Here's not one I think most people expected to be asking. Should the Lions build around Jared Goff or should they draft a quarterback in the first round? Yeah, I mean, I think that they should build around Jared Goff tentatively. If there's an obvious upgrade, I think every few years there's a guy in the draft that you know is going to be good. But most of the time, there's really no difference from the top round guys to the end of the first round guys. Sometimes the middle of the first round guy turns out to be the best quarterback of all time. So you just have to kind of wait around and continue to build this roster. And he's been playing really well lately. They add Jamison Williams back. There's no reason to move on from him. He's about a, he's getting paid about what a quarterback in the middle of the league deserves to get paid. And he's playing around that level, which is fine. And he's only 28 years old and he has led a team to the Super Bowl, and once upon a time, he was the first pick in the draft. They may have something special working in Detroit. Meanwhile, in that division, the Green Bay Packers have had a very forgettable season. And don't forget them. They're coming back from their bye. They will have a quarterback conundrum on their hands this offseason. We know that Aaron Rodgers is making right around $50 million a year, and a decision needs to be made on Jordan Love's fifth-year option. Here's Jason Wilde with context. I had a really great conversation with Jordan uh, on Friday afternoon. I think he very clearly uh, does not, even though he wouldn't flat out say it, he does not want to sit for another year. So if we get to year four and Rodgers does come back, I am fairly confident that he will seek a trade. Now, he later wanted to make it clear, Jason, from what I'm told, that he wasn't reporting this as fact. This was just his perspective Mm -hmm. on what might happen. And candidly, it might make sense. If you're Jordan Love, you've been sitting there an awful long time. I can't imagine a player having been drafted into a much worse situation than the one that he has found himself in. If you're the Green Bay Packers, are you trading away Jordan Love? I think that depends on whether or not the Green Bay Packers believe that they're close to competing for a championship. I would argue that they're not. And so my position is not to trade away Jordan Love. It's to try to trade away Aaron Rodgers. It's time to rip the Band-Aid off. This team isn't going anywhere. I'm paying $50 million for a quarterback, and I'm going to be on the outside looking into the playoffs. This team right now, G, has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. They have a couple of players that you'd like to see what they end up developing into going into 2023. But this team is not close to championship contention. They're not close to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not close to the 49ers. They're not close to the Dallas Cowboys. So if that's the situation, then reset your franchise and go ahead and trade Aaron Rodgers, get a bevy of picks, and restart this thing with Jordan Love. Now, this is fascinating to me, one Kimberly Martin over here, because one might, if one agreed with Chris Canty, one might add, the Lions look like they're on the come. The Bears have a chance maybe to go from 0 to 60. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are 10 and 3. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is time to move on from the all-time great. Mm-hmm. What do you think? If one were to agree with Chris Canty... <laughs> <laughs> one doesn't. One over here does not. <laughs> no, I, I, and it's not because I don't agree with your logic. Mm. I think the Green Bay Packers have sort of get the commitment, the financial commitment that they've given to Aaron Rodgers. I feel like they've put themselves in this position. I think we can all agree that the way they have handled this is they have mishandled this because you trade up to get Jordan Love. You're thinking about the future. 
Then all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers is like, all right, I'm going to see you. Okay, bet. <laughs> and then he forces you. You allow him to force you into a corner. Now you're like, oh, I'm sorry, Aaron. Like, you're the guy. Now you got Jordan Love here. There was no need to move up to draft Jordan Love unless you believed it was time to move on. But now you've taken a step back. They've made decisions without conviction. And now they're trying to do two things at once. So I don't think, I think they've made their choice. They've chosen Aaron Rodgers. Whether that's right or not, that's, uh, you can debate that. Okay. But financially. It, it, it was the right choice. I think we're doing a little bit of a revisionist history if we're arguing that things went poorly for them. They were Super Bowl favorites the last mm-hmm. couple seasons and coming in this season, we thought they had a chance for Super Bowl too, which is why if you're going to trade somebody, I'd trade Jordan Love going mm-hmm. forward and get what you, see what you can get and go all in on these last couple years because I think the Aaron Rodgers trade is going to be much more, much more difficult to pull off. Money and I also yeah. don't believe that they are as bad as their record is this year. I think that they do have a lot of players, and they have the most important player. I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers fell off some cliff. I think Aaron Rodgers is still very talented, and they have a great cornerback, some great defensive end in Rashawn Gary when he's healthy. Like, they have, Watson is coming to his own as far as receivers concerned. I think there are some holes to fill up. Make sure you can protect Aaron Rodgers and make another run next season. That seems to make more sense. You know what hole you could have filled? You could have filled a lot of holes with that Jordan Love pick. I feel like yeah, that's, that's, that's what's so criminal, criminal about this whole situation. It's like now you've wasted the, the early years of this kid's career, and they don't know what they have. Let's set aside some more time for this one in our second hour today, guys. There's a lot more to dive into with this. At the end of the day, they have themselves a fascinating decision based on the fact that they have been chasing that pick from the moment yeah. they yeah. made it. Yep. They made an act, and then since then all they've done is react to things right. that have happened around right. them. All right, as we continue, back to the top we go. Jalen Hurts has established himself as a force in the NFL this season. Everyone sees that, right? Wrong! Wait till you hear a voice from Dallas with an entirely different idea. You will next. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. <laughs> 